You're listening to the one of us.net podcast network. One of us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio based or banner ads, but on a case by case basis, if you're interested in that, contact us at one of us net at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at $2, $5, 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. I got my Moscow Mules, I got my Cinnabons, and I got my AMC Plus locked and ready to go 20 minutes later. Oh, God damn it! What the fuck is going on? Why is it crashing all of a sudden? Oh, that's my experience with the season and series finale of Better Call Saul Season 6, the last season. And Thanks, AMC. Thanks, AMC Plus uh, and AMC. Uh, and also the the myriad of commercials that you wanted to show us of how much Geico kicks ass uh, for insurance uh, in America. But hey, uh, I guess it uh, it's in, in alignment with uh, the con man that is uh, Saul Goodman or Jimmy McGill, played by Bob Kirk. But uh, with me today to talk to, uh, about the, the last season of this Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul universe uh, the the BCSU, uh, I guess you could say, or maybe BBU. I don't know. We'll we'll coin the term later this episode, I guess. But with me today, I have Rose. Hello, hello. I have uh, the wonderful Bradley. Hello. And I have Ryan. Hey, hey, hey! Showtime. It's showtime indeed, and. We find our our protagonist, uh, Jimmy, or Saul Goodman, definitely now at this point in the start of season six, uh, starting to conspire even more on an elaborate prank, uh, he and maybe Kim would say, uh, against Howard Hamlin, played by Patrick Fabian. And, of course, uh, Kim, played by Rhea Seahorn, this season is so incredibly good. Uh, her character is just because it has has always gotten better and better throughout the seasons. And this one to see her, you know, what's, what's the term that we always use when, uh, when we're talking about breaking bad or brother call Saul's like, when are they going to break bad? Yeah. Uh, and with Kim, you're starting to see her break bad a little bit. Uh, and it's a, it's a thrilling experience. We don't want to go too much into like details or spoilers or anything, because if you're a big fan of this show and also Breaking Bad, it starts to really combine uh, both of these shows together even more so than just it being a prequel show, because Throughout the whole series, you have seen scenes where we see also post uh, Breaking Bad. That's how the whole series uh, actually opens up in black and white, seeing uh, Jimmy McGill play Gene uh, Takovic, or what is his last Takovic, name again? yeah. Yeah, something like that. Uh, working at a Cinnabon in Nebraska, uh, which also holds uh, some kind of uh, um, importance as you start to, to find out about Kim's character. But... Um, we we start to see uh, the, all the worlds start to collide uh, in this last season and all the plans and schemes that Jimmy and Kim are uh, putting together, which ultimately end up in 
a lot of ruin for a lot of different characters. You start to see uh, Lalo Salamanca uh, come back as a a great foil uh, from his last season, um, which has been his character, uh, Tony Dalton's character as Lalo, is such a fantastic antagonist uh, to be uh, in this show. With uh, Giancarlo Esposito as Gus Fring, of course, and Jonathan Banks as Mike Ermentrout, which, goddammit, Mike, just any time that Jonathan Banks is on screen, I will fucking cry every single moment. Uh, He's so, so good. Uh, And, of course, Michael Mando as uh, Nacho is, I think, is... Gosh, he's the most endearing character in all of this. It's hard to talk about it, <laughs> the the storylines of how this is all coming together without spoiling a lot of things. But I think in this review, we're going to talk about our feelings of how we thought it, how this all ended up, how all of these character arcs uh, ended up with, uh, you know, you know, various throughout the, the, the whole season, because this season also is very important. It's actually a two-parter because the first part of the season ended uh, a few months ago back at, I think in June or something like that. I think so. Yeah. We didn't have too long to wait. Yeah. We didn't have too long to wait about a month and a half or so. So not too, too crazy. Thank God. Uh, Cause breaking bad, that was like split up in a year or something like that, which was insane. So here they really had the plan to, to make sure that they're wrapping this up in, um, you know, with a bow and uh, and really s- send us a, a, a great, I would say, send off of a, of a fantastic series and in uh, a fantastic season. But I would love to know what my my uh, fellow critics have to say about this. Rose, why don't you start us off? What did you feel about the season six and how did this how did this feel for like an ending for you? I mean, it, it's so bittersweet that it's ending because it's been such a big part of, you know, my entertainment landscape for so long, just as a franchise in general, you know, well over a decade. Um, and I, I'm not quite ready for it to be over, but I am at the same time very much glad that it's going out on its own terms and that it happened at all. This was uh, really good stuff, and this season was no exception. I mean, if anybody is still continuing to sleep on this show, even though, you know, it's ended now, uh, you're <laughs> even much of more of a fool than before, because it, it only gets better and better and better. Ryan, what did you think of this last season? Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, I, I grew up with this universe, which is, is weird, weird to say, but yeah, since, I mean, since 2010, when I was still in high school, watch it i started oh, watching Lord. the show and it's crazy just to that it's that it's finally seemingly coming to an end and i i think what's been amazing to watch is that like breaking bad is it is an incredible show but what i've really loved watching better call saul as it's gone on is i feel like peter gould and ben skilligan and this whole team of amazing writers and directors um have really like honed their craft and gotten even better at what they do Mm-hmm. And there's just so much more, I feel like there's so much more subtlety in this show. And I think that the, just the cinematography has gotten better and better mm-hmm. and just the music choices. And it's just, it, it's, it's just amazing how just to see them kind of grow as artists, uh, as this has gone along. And I mean, not to, not to spoil anything, but if you look at Breaking Bad as, you know, this character just progressively getting worse and worse, what's interesting about Better Call Saul is is it kind of it started off and i kind of thought it is this going to be kind of the same thing is it just are we just going to watch jimmy's sort of straight kind of line descent down to become worse but it's way more complicated than that and i think they they recognized that going in that they didn't want to repeat themselves 
and what you get is just not straightforward at all. And it's not a, when you think Jimmy's going to zig, he's he zags, and you, you don't necessarily know what decisions he or Kim are going to make throughout this series. And I think this final season sort of carried that and uh, just just carried that spirit on. And I again, I, I feel like this was a perfect conclusion to this series. Um, For sure, that's that's the one thing you can give. The, the top thing you can give credit for with Vince Gilligan and Peter Gold is that you really don't know what they're going to do next. Either yeah. you, you have like some twinges of feelings that they like they might go down that route, but then they veer still like a hard left. And you're just like, you're always taken off guard. And um, not only just like what the characters' decisions, but even what they show, especially the last episode where it was like, oh my God, I, I can't believe we're seeing some of these people and things <laughs> uh it's but it, and it makes sense too which is it's utterly fantastic brett bradley you've been too quiet i we have to hear from you well first and foremost uh nacho varga played by michael mando just want everyone to know canadian actor so, yeah hey uh, me i thought uh i'm I've had enough Breaking Bad cartel stories, but Michael Mando with his character Nachos wanting to live the American dream and realize he's been entrapped in the nightmare of the Salamanca-Gustavo um, Fring feud was one of my favorite storylines of this, especially when they inject mm-hmm. Lalo into the mix. That nightmare, uh, who would have thought that someone so handsome could be so evil? So again, and so charismatic and 10 years from now, when someone's like, I kind of want to, I want to write a strong female character. People are going to be like, oh, like Kim Wexler. That's the standard now for wonderfully written female characters. Thanks to Rhea Seahorn's performance. Extremely. Yeah. And what surprised me most about this ending was how oddly storybook it was. Like, oh my gosh, these five, is it five or six seasons now? I forget because of the hiatus. Six. Yeah, with these six seasons, there's actually a first, second, and third uh, acts to this epic that they've written. With Breaking Bad, I thought, he's a Nazi hunter now. And that kind of, I lost the handle on that a bit, which I complain about a lot, so we don't have to retread any of that. But Saul's... Uh, the life of Jimmy McGill is here. This is the saga of Jimmy McGill from little kid watching his dad be a mark to shyster lawyer himself. Oh, is that an anti-Semitic word? Can I, can you edit no, that? You're out? good. You're good. Okay. <laughs> to falling in love. And this was something else that you don't see in a lot of TV shows. Um, and why I tell everyone unconditional love is terrifying because if you love someone that doesn't mind getting people killed, that's going to affect you emotionally. And I was shocked that Kim and Saul loved each other in spite of their vices because they both have yeah. them. And that's what made it so interesting. And uh, Kim Wexler says the most profound thing about love I've ever heard on a TV show, which I won't spoil. Y'all have to watch it now. Uh, So I loved it. I I definitely am tired of the cartel other than Nacho, but I still loved this season. And I thought the finale, the finales are always such trash. You guys, they're terrible. But this one stuck the landing in a way I never would have suspected in a million years. 
think what's so great about the the show and how it in a lot of ways um does breaking bad even better and um where i was we were talking about this last night rose where breaking bad has the more uh bombastic ending right uh also spoilers for breaking bad if you haven't watched it fuck you but uh, <laughs> uh, he kills a lot of Nazis with a giant machine gun and he goes out in a kind of a blaze of glory. But he does share a moment with Jesse and uh, and then he dies. And then there you go. Sorry, you're about six, seven years too late. Um, I think I can talk about it now. But uh, with this, it's um, what I love about this uh, this series finale. And I think it, uh, it really encapsulates uh, the entire series is all about truth and regret. And uh, I don't think that's uh, spoiling anything, but um, I think that the the conversation about it have how much, you know, how truthful can you be and truthful to yourself and, and who you are and also thinking about the things that you regret and wanting to make those things right, even though you can't change them, I think is a very powerful message that it does, even with the... Uh, in a way, self-sacrifice that a character has to, you know, put themselves through. And I, um, God, it's, a, uh, it's almost much more of a powerful moment, uh, and poignant, uh, than, and breaking bad than, uh, could have pulled off. Even though I think still, even through what Bradley says, probably, I think breaking bad is a, a brilliant end, uh, to that whole show because it's so ridiculous, uh, and at points anyway, there's like, yeah, he, he blows away a lot of Nazis and he goes out like the way that he does. You know, you go to super heaven if you kill Nazis. For any of you, <laughs> for any of you Walter White was not redeemed naysayers out there. That's a super heaven entry. I, I would love to, to, to ask, uh, okay, let's, let's play a little game here. We don't do this too often on, on one of us, but I would love to know who is everyone's favorite character on this series. Uh, it, on Better Call Saul. Now, granted, there's a lot of characters that do spill over from Breaking Bad, so I get it. But uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do that, and because uh, I'd love to know, because I think it's um, it's it, yeah, they, they write some really goddamn good characters, and uh, and why? So, Bradley, how do you, how about you start us off? Who's your favorite character in Better Call Saul? It's Michael Mondo playing Nacho. Sure, uh, as a parent myself. We want our kids deep down, all the material stuff, throw it away, all the worries about finances, monetary gain, uh, occupational safety, throw that all out. What we want our kids to be is living happy and without fear. And the six seasons this character is in the film, uh, Nacho's dad struggles, he sweats, people try to make him a mark since he's a mechanic. And he's just happy to work. And Nacho sees his father with horrible struggles. Any physical labor, a child is going to see that and be like, my dad must be suffering. Yeah. And so he walks willingly into the hands of the cartel where he has this badass apartment, beautiful ladies every night. He even starts to fall in love with one. But also his life is 24-7 anxiety, fear, Waking up, is this the day I'm going to die? Now, no spoilers how that relationship calls out, but there's a monologue between Nacho and his father, and it's beautiful, and it broke my heart, and the courage that this alleged uh, fallen prodigal son 
has, in the face of the Salamanca nightmare, if I may throw that term out again, it's a wonderful performance. And the range of emotion that Michael Mando has to go through from beat to beat to beat in one scene is incredible. And from his last, from his first to his last episode, a incredible ascension as an actor and performer. And that's my favorite character. I I remember I first saw him in Far Far Cry Three. Uh, yeah. as one of the crazy psychopath characters. Voss. But uh, the, <laughs> exactly right. And people uh, loved him. Yeah, I, he was great, and I I was blown away by him every single like he was he was definitely a character that i think as a general audience member you can always root for because he was a good person at heart he felt like the uh the jesse pinkman in a way in this whole situation and uh and uh maybe even better than jesse every now and then um he had that more moral code and definitely something more to to live for too through his uh his dad um but rose what who was your favorite character it's really kind of a tough call between Kim Wexler and Jimmy himself. I mean, that, that might seem like kind of an obvious answer, but if you had told me, yeah, back when Breaking Bad itself was still on and the spinoff hadn't been announced, that not only would there be a show, a follow-up show, that would have me caring so much about Saul Goodman, of all people, and finding him more compelling than anyone on Breaking Bad, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but... I mean, he's he's just such an incredible character, and you completely like want to root for him. You feel better about him than Walter White, who was always an asshole. Mm. Um, <laughs> you want him yeah. to succeed, and he just he just never can. But then, yeah, on the other hand, Kim is probably uh. the best written female character I've probably seen in anything ever. I mean, she is naturally strong and I've come to hate those strong female girl yeah, all that like yeah. she she actually <laughs> is that she is that thing that everyone tries to do when they write a strong female character yeah um incredibly well acted very compelling and I I get where she's coming from and why she did a lot of the things she did uh in more ways than one and I just I, I'm glad that they had such a respect for the character and such strong writing to keep her consistent in that throughout all six seasons. <laughs> yeah, she just had uh, too much fun. Ryan, uh, who is your favorite uh, character? Yeah, I got to double down and just say, I think I feel like Kim has is, is one of maybe the best characters in the entire Breaking Bad universe, period. And I, I think yeah. that that's one thing that, again, that's I think you kind of said this a little bit, Rose, but that surprised me the most going in. I really thought we were going to get a great show about Saul Goodman, and we end up getting this incredibly heartfelt story about Jimmy McGill and Kim Wexler and kind of a love story, which I, yeah. I just I never would have thought going in. But they just I feel like they they really make you root for their relationship in a lot of ways. And when things go the way that they do, you're just, you're really pulling for them up until the very end. And it was, it's, it honestly, this is such a textbook. This whole series is such a textbook example of how to perfectly execute a prequel series or any kind of prequel, because they introduce, like you said, Bradley, I mean, Nacho is, is, is an amazing character. They introduced Lalo, all of these great new characters, um, including Kim. And they make you in, they make you just as invested in them 
um, as you are in these other legacy Breaking Bad characters that you already know and you already are aware of. And I think that that's what was so incredible about this show and Kim in general is they really do make you they really do make you pull for her and um, understand her character. And she isn't just a foil to Jimmy. She doesn't just exist to mm -hmm. like, uh, and you know, I, I don't think Skylar's a bad character in any way, shape or form. And I think she gets way too much shit, but I do think that she is there to kind of like, she, she's there in Walt's world to kind of react to what he's doing and does get involved. But I, I feel like, I just I feel like Kim has a lot more agency than than Skylar does in the story, and she kind of takes it upon herself to get involved with these scams. And in a lot of ways, in the later seasons, like this season, even she ends up being the one that's pulling Jimmy along. And there is that kind of will they, won't they thing um, throughout the whole series. That's just I, I just just so compelling up until the very end with with Kim and Jimmy. Yeah, I, I think the, the the biggest difference between those two characters with Anna Gunn playing uh, Skylar. In Breaking Bad, <clears throat> Skylar does make a lot of decisions on her own with like the Ted Benicky situation. And, uh, but what I think that is interesting about her character is that she's so fearful of what Walt can do. And not only just with which is like manipulation mentally, but also like, oh my God, physically, like we could all die. And, uh, but Kim, what I love about her character to, to both y'all's point is that she she almost becomes a little bit more than what Jimmy McGill is trying to do every now and then and uh and be more of a almost a more of a con person than he is and uh i i must uh, gosh it's uh it's a very stupid question that i asked you guys to ask, to ask a favorite character because i i love all these characters what i what I love with what Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould did is that they made every single character, minor to major, um, so interesting and f like fully fleshed out. And it's it's such um, a testament to them of like as writers. And um, it's it's kind of crazy to to see um, every single person just like relish in in the moment and as these characters and, and their relationships with each other i have of course a crazy affinity for jonathan banks as mike ehrman trout he can make me cry at any goddamn moment when he there's a moment when he is looking out for his uh, daughter-in-law played by carrie condon um and his uh his granddaughter and he's just kind of looking from at them from afar and ask you know talking about looking at the stars getting choked up talking about it right now and uh, like that moment right there, I'm just like, God damn it. He's such a great character and how his character is so much more fully fleshed out in this show. Because um, for a little bit, it was almost like a Bob Odenkirk and Jonathan Banks show. Uh, like at the very beginning, it's just like, oh, this is interesting. I don't know. It's going to be a Mike Ehrmantraut and Saul Goodman, Jimmy McGill show. Like, that's interesting. But I think it, it to your what you two were definitely saying is that. It, it's really a love story about Kim and Jimmy in the end. And uh, you can even see that spark or flame uh, really come into light uh, and in color towards the end. So <clears throat> with that, let's go into final thoughts. Um, I'd love for uh, Rose uh, to lead the way, please. Well, kind of to, to expand on that point just real quick is that, yeah, we, we not only got a prequel show about Saul Goodman or Jimmy McGill or whatever he wants to be called, 
at at several points throughout the show we got like three or four shows smashed into one because there were several times especially during the latter seasons four and five where jimmy not quite took a back seat but the other storylines on display were completely removed from him and his story but nevertheless given just as much weight and action and focus as his story to the point that yeah it, it did feel like it multiple shows in well like an anthology or something like that breaking bad tales um but somehow they managed to balance that and it it wasn't a detriment and that in and of itself is quite extraordinary to have that much going on and have it all work i, I guess maybe because we knew where a lot of these characters were going i i don't know but it it worked so much better than it had any right to be Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is an absolutely incredible show. It, it goes from kind of silly and lighthearted to, well, Breaking Bad in a way that is so organic that you don't even really notice it. And, and going back and thinking about those earlier episodes, it just seems like a, a completely different world. Um, I am stunned at how they made such a silly character into the most compelling of the whole franchise and it's going to make going back and rewatching Breaking Bad all that much more difficult and wondering why he isn't the focus suddenly sure <laughs> <laughs> now that we know so much more about him um i i don't think there are enough words in the english language or enough good things to say about it i mean this is truly a masterpiece of of storytelling and television making and whatnot and i am going to give it uh 10 out of 10 pineapple shaped tequila bottle tops (laughs) i was trying to remember what that tequila was called but uh Uh, zafira neo i think yes yes that's right uh ryan what are your final thoughts please yeah it's just it's incredible looking back and thinking that this uh whole thing was originally going to be like a half hour dark comedy uh, i think that's what it, vince gilligan has in, had initially pitched it as and uh yeah he and peter gold were originally going to do that which is just it's insane to think of how much depth they gave this this silly side character that would occasionally come in in breaking bad to essentially be comic relief and like you said, Rose, just kind of made him the most interesting character in that series period. Uh, I think that this final season just really, really nailed it in every way. I think that, not to not to spoil anything or get into spoilers, but just the way they play around with all of the different timelines, mm-hmm. uh, I think, was, was really, really masterful. And again, don't want to give any of that away. But like structurally, I just think that after the seventh or so episode in this season it's just you really don't know what's going to happen like it like it it regularly surprised me what what things that they cut to and what they decided to show during the breaking bad timeline i mean i think it's yeah. out there um i i think that it was just really masterful because it there are a lot of things that could have come off as really corny and fan servicey but i think that every time they made a decision to show something it really felt like it was to service the story and it wasn't just to you know just just to have something for fans to talk about or to bring a certain character back um but yeah i just i felt like they they could not have ended this any better than they did and this is honestly one of my favorite shows Um, i'm gonna give it 10 out of 10 garbage diamonds 
<laughs> if you could find them all. Uh, Bradley, what are your final thoughts? All right. What are your final thoughts, Bradley Martin? I, I will say that this series as a whole is a 10 out of 10. Uh, this final season, also very good. Um, 13 episodes, that's a lot for a final season, especially d- during what COVID times and sudden medical issues that halt production. Yeah. And we don't have to get into that scare. The way this ends, I'm still so perplexed. So my rating will probably be a little dishonest. As uh, during the last 30 minutes of this uh, finale, I was not confused, just shocked. But in the way that season one shocked me when McKean, uh, the actor as Chuck, Charles McGill, goes into his monologue of why Jimmy shouldn't practice law. And I don't want to spoil that because it blew my mind. And these are nonviolent monologues, you know. I'm from like the Game of Thrones and the Dexters and the Sopranos era where you're like, (laughs) what happened when someone suddenly is brutally killed? So monologues having that effect on me was really earth shattering to my TV viewing experience. And with this series leaving, I'm afraid I'll never get that feeling again. Oh, no. (laughs) So I'm like, eh, this ending wasn't perfect. We should watch it again, though, right? And my mother-in-law, who I've watched this with since, like, season three, you guys, is like, yeah, let's watch it again and find out why we're perplexed. And that's just something so special about a show that can do that. So I'm going to give this... Nine out of ten for now. We'll see like three, five years from now if it becomes perfect. Nine out of ten murdered sewer clowns, courtesy of Lalo Salamanca. (laughs) (laughs) I am, man, for the longest time, um, my favorite TV show uh, was The Wire. Um, I love that damn show. Uh, I I credit uh, <clears throat> David Simon for some of the greatest like natural writing um, that I've ever seen, and I've watched a lot of his TV shows, and he's just incredible. And so knowing about this, sh- uh, look, originally when I first saw Breaking Bad, it was on Netflix, and I think uh, the fourth season hadn't come out just yet, so I just started watching it because everyone was talking about it, and then I just started blowing through it. It's like, oh my gosh, this is definitely in more of my like transgressionalism, like style that is not necessarily realistic the way that David Simon portrays things, but it's in that grungy crime that is realistic enough based on the character's motivations that it was grabbing me from like the second or third episode. I just, I started to fall in love with this world, the way that Vince Gilligan uh, writes things. And, uh, and for this to come out, I'm I'm kicking myself for not watching it from day one because I'm uh, even though I've already watched it anyway so you know whatever uh, regrets right and uh, <laughs> that's the date I regret uh, March seventeenth, twenty twenty. I should have watched uh, Rick, uh, Better Call Saul right before then. So, um, but uh, I. I can't stress enough how uh, much of a a just beautifully written show, how everyone in this is fantastic and how in the end, I know that, uh, you know, there's a lot of like, there's Kim and uh, Rhea Seahorn, who's just outstanding actor. And then, you know, everyone from Patrick Fabian is Howard Hamlin is Jonathan Banks, Michael Mando, Giancarlo Esposito. 
everyone in this damn show, but Bob Odenkirk is a American treasure, I think, in the end. He, he's one of the, the few actors and the comedians that we've now seen in our history, uh, at least for television and film, um, that has, has now transcended in a place to where he is truly one of the greats and, uh, and such a, a fantastic anchor for the show that pulled it through every single episode, dedicated everything. And I, I've seen a lot of behind the scenes stuff from the Mr. Show days where he's such like a just a perfectionist of how he wants to portray his characters in comedy. And it's it's not um, lost on me that he was doing the same thing even for this because he I, I've seen a lot of uh, interviews where he's so grateful that they even gave him a chance on this whole story and this idea and this character. And he took it to the bitter end and he just killed it. And I'm so thankful for this show to, to continue this world, to continue the story, to let Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould do what they do best and write fantastic characters, give these actors such incredible material to work with. I cannot wait to see what everyone does after this. And it is very, very bittersweet to know that this is all over now, but I will cherish this so much as I do as Breaking Bad. So I'm going to give this uh, 10 out of 10 the wires so uh <laughs> i uh i love this goddamn show i'm so glad to to talk about it with you guys because uh, it does hold a special place in my heart so yeah this is this is this is good i'm gonna have some moscow mule now how about you guys agreed yeah for sure Hell yeah you, you should all sue me for not giving it a per- for ruining the perfect sc- score and then I. Well, can, we're gonna like, send the salamanco cousins yeah. up to in fucking canada to take care of you god damn it and then to defend myself, I'll have to get a criminal lawyer, man. 